Well, as Brad said, my name is uh, Bennett Cox. Uh, I'm engaged to Anna Karen Whitty right there, and I'm one of the residents, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you. And to reiterate what Andy Povolari said last week, uh, Thank you for allowing us to do the residency. Um, it's been a huge blessing to me. It's challenged me. It's edified me. It's helped me think better about the church. Overall, it's been a tremendous blessing. Well, open your Bibles to Exodus 34.30. Exodus 34.30. The main point tonight, if you take away anything from this talk, take away this. That a right view of God's holiness sets our eyes on Christ. I'll say that again. A right view of God's holiness sets our eyes on Christ. Let me go ahead and read it. Exodus 34, 30. This is, this is what it says. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. So a little bit of context Israel has just built the golden calf. Uh, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. He sees that a golden calf has been erected by the people of Israel, and he smashes the Ten Commandments on the ground, breaking them. He melts the golden calf, and he goes back up onto Mount Sinai. As we heard this morning, uh, the divorce proceedings are beginning because Israel has committed adultery on the honeymoon. But as Moses goes back up, he begins to intercede for the people of Israel, God hears, and uh, instead of abandoning Israel, he renews his covenant with Israel. Uh, and then Moses proceeds to spend the following 40 days and 40 nights up on Mount Sinai, not eating anything, not drinking anything, just fasting and being with the Lord. And when he comes down from the mountain after those 40 days and 40 nights, his face is shining. As a result, the people are afraid to come near him. Moses eventually coaxes and is able to talk them down and, and speak God's word to them, and after he finishes speaking God's word to them, he places a veil over his face so that the glory of God would not consume them. So there are, there are two points to kind of help us tonight. Uh, they're more observations, really, than anything else. But the two observations that will help serve our, uh, the main point is, number one, Moses' face shines. That's the first observation. And then number two, the second observation is that the people of Israel have a fearful response. Observation number one, Moses' face shines. So Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with his face shining. Moses just spent 40 days, 40 nights of unadulterated time communing with God. Of course he would come down with his face shining. Uh, would we expect anything else? The man had just over a month of perfect communion with God. What this tells us is that when someone communes with God, they show it. No one comes face to face with God and remains unchanged. There is a change in their life. Reflect for a moment on your conversion. Uh, when God met you and saved you, you were different. Your outlook on life changed. Your desires changed. And that's because God's holiness in Christ confronted you and resulted in your new life. He gave you a new heart that longed for him rather than for the things of the world. Your affections, they were redirected towards Jesus. Remember the baptismal testimonies this morning. Remember how uh, the three individuals, they were one way and they're another way now. <laughs> That's because God met them and changed them. 
But you see, God doesn't just do some sort of inwardly change without there being a result in an outward change. The inward reality produced an outward change. Because the affections of your heart changed, those desires for the things of the world lost their flavor. You no longer had a a desire for this sin, that pleasure, this status. Those things are as dirt. Those things became dim because you saw the glory of God in Christ Jesus that outshines the dirt of the earth. That's what the gospel does. But more than that, to kind of continue here, the, the further you get into your walk with Christ after you have been converted, the more you're going to look like Christ. And that's how sanctification works, uh, because the longer you are with the Lord, the more your life will be conformed to him. And that's good news for us, because that means that the life of a Christian is marked by increasing holiness. You know, as the phrase goes, it is about direction, uh, not perfection. You know, we might have setbacks, will have setbacks, but ultimately, we will grow into Christ-likeness the longer we live, more and more Christ-likeness. You know, there are some days where I might feel like those LED headlights on Aaron's car that scorch the back of your corneas. But then there are other days where I feel man, like a dim little nightlight. Um, for us as believers, you know, our glory days are not behind us, uh, but they're ahead of us because of sanctification. Um, and we're even experiencing that now to an extent. Another thing that I think is important to note here is that Moses' face shining reflects God's holiness and that God is set apart. You cannot change by looking at a face other than God's. Uh, Moses' face didn't begin to shine because he looked at Aaron or the people of Israel. Um, I was with Colby Harper this week, and he wasn't changed from looking at my face. Um, None of the men on the retreat, none of their faces were changed from looking at my face. And you're not changed right now looking at my face. Moses' face shining declares to us that God really is God. The Israelites recognized that God really is God because they ran away in fear when they were approached with his glory. The holiness of God confronts our sin. It should provoke within us a sense of his perfection and that he cannot tolerate sin, and that in him there is only light and no darkness. See, if Moses had not veiled his face there, it would have consumed the people. That's what it means to be holy when you elicit that kind of response. But his holiness also means that God is all-knowing, he's transcendent, he's all-powerful, omnipresent, he's sinless. That's, That's holiness. We cannot remain apathetic towards God's holiness. We either run from his holiness or we run to his holiness. And that leads us to our second observation, the fearful response of the people of Israel. See, I think that their response, how they're afraid, and how they, Moses has to get them to return to him, tells us a lot about their view of God's holiness. Remember, they had just rebelled against the Lord by building this golden calf. (laughs) Moses has been gone for over a month up on that mountain. If you were an Israelite here, what do you you imagine you'd be thinking? I imagine I might be thinking something along the lines of, "Uh uh-oh, Moses has been gone for over a month. Maybe Maybe he's gone. 
maybe God has abandoned us after all. We deserve it. Or if God does show up and we see him again, that's not going to be good for us. For us. That's, that's probably something I would be thinking. But when Moses comes down the mountain and his face is glowing with radiance, the people being afraid tells us that they understood that God in his holiness is perfect and cannot tolerate sin. Because if they were anticipating forgiveness from God, they would not have run and been afraid. They understood that God's holiness cannot tolerate their sin. Can you relate to that? Have there been moments where you just really blew it, where you just really messed up? I mean, you, you felt like, I just did that one sin that I said that I would never do, and here I am, doing, having just done that, and I am scared to repent now. I have. I've done that multiple times. Have you ever felt as though you could not even come to God to repent, where you think, man, no matter what I say, it just won't cut it? I have. In those moments when it feels like I've cheated on God, and there's no way he'd take me back, and repentance just flat out seems impossible, Man, how could I possibly expect forgiveness? Yet Moses, he didn't come down that mountaintop after 40 days and 40 nights with fiery judgment. Moses came down that mountain with a renewed covenant. The Israelites feared because they were guilty, and they they were guilty, but there was not a judgment there awaiting them. There was forgiveness. But we know that Israel would sin again and again and again and again and again and again and again for the next hundreds of years. And then Jesus would come. And Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. He went to the cross and died a death that we were supposed to die, taking our sin. Then he rose three days from the grave, walked out of that tomb. And then he ascended into heaven where he is right now interceding before us on our behalf. So for those of us who are in Christ, we have no need to run or to hide when we sin. We have no need to fear God's impending judgment. There is no condemnation for us. And that's not just sort of a wishy-washy maybe. (laughs) That is a biblical hope that at this very moment Christ is there for us and that Christ is sufficient for us. You know, so when we totally airball it and miss the mark entirely, you know, God is not lurking just around the corner ready to whip out and get you and say, ha ha, I'm going to punish you. That's not God. Now, he's not doing that because when we fall short, Christ is sufficient for us. For those of you who are perhaps not in Christ, though, you should fear God. And his holiness should scare you because he cannot tolerate sin. If you have not placed your faith and trust in Christ, God will one day hold you accountable to your sin. And on that day, you won't be able to run away. (laughs) You will feel the fear that the Israelites had. Look upon Christ Christ today, and you won't see a face of judgment, however you'll see a face beaming with the love of God. See, where the radiance of Moses' face led to fear of judgment, the radiance of Christ's face leads to confidence that our judgment has been paid. Jesus' face does not drive us away. It draws us in. 
The gospel removes that veil from our hearts and illumines us to the beauty of Jesus. So I have a quick question to help us love Christ more and see his beauty more. When confronted with your sin, how do you respond? Do you run away as though God is just finished with you like the Israelites did? Or do you turn, look upon the radiance of Christ, and trust that your debt is paid? See, a right view of God's holiness results in Christ's face becoming brighter than the things of the world. God's holiness in Christ encourages us to repent, welcomes us to come to him, to turn to him and trust in him because that's the kind of God he is. <laughs> Again, that's not always going to be easy. There are going to be moments where we rail against that and we won't want to, but that should encourage us that God's holiness in Christ invites us to repent and turn to him. So if you feel burdened by your sin, turn your eyes to Jesus. If you are walking with the Lord, and praise God if you are, turn your eyes to Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious grace. Let's pray. God, we give you praise that you have not left us in darkness, that you have not abandoned us, but that you have offered us hope in Christ, and that in Christ uh, our debt has been paid sufficiently so, and that we can look upon him and his beauty and know that we have been saved. Lord, I pray that we would turn to you, that we would place our trust in you, and that we would be uh, quick to run into your arms. Lord, we give you uh, praise and, and thanks for um, the gospel of Christ. In your name we pray, amen.